It's time once again for the only podcast you're listening to right now. It's Unprofessional. I'm Lex Friedman, joined by perhaps the only man ever to be my co-host, Dave Whiskus. Hi, Dave. Hello, Lex. How are you? I'm pretty good. It's good talking to you again. I enjoy it as well. <laughs> you're, very, <laughs> you're very serious right now. I'm in the zone. That's good. And we are joined by um, a person whom only one of us has had the pleasure of working with, but both Dave and I have uh, interacted with many times, professionally, personally, in person, and elsewhere. It is the one and only Jamie Newberry. Hi, Jamie. Hello. Hi, Jamie. Oh, hi, guys. Yeah, I, I got to correct it, though. Jamie and I worked at the same place. I, I don't think we ever worked together. <laughs> I don't think we ever actually worked together. I think that's correct. For I think we our time at the same company was at least a year in yeah. overlap, but I don't think we actually worked together. I, I think that's exactly correct. But so for the folks who, uh, who are woefully underinformed, as we like to say, tell the listeners who you are, Jamie. We do like to say that. Okay, so... Well, I guess I'm I'm an experienced design consultant. I've uh, been working in mobile applications for the past, I guess, since 2010. Um, and prior to that, I was a, a web person. Um, I, like Spider Man. Yeah, exactly. But but for girls. And <laughs> <laughs> Spider Woman. <laughs> that is correct. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I've been, I've, I'm a girl in tech, I guess. Is uh, and I know we're not allowed to talk about work or tech and all of that, so I won't get into too much of that detail. But you know, I you can, uh, you can yeah. talk about being a you can talk about being a girl. I, That's okay. I would love to hear about that. Actually, <laughs> about there's so girl. much we could learn. There's so yeah. many things you could learn. I actually have a question for you guys. Do I do I sound short? You guys have both met me in person, but I, I had this comment once when I was I was setting up for a, a talk and. I have I had done a podcast interview before with um with someone and and the guy had heard that podcast and I'm sitting up at the front of the room and he walks in and he says you're much taller than you sounded on the podcast. I don't know what that means. I don't know. I think it's I think it's mostly just uh sexism. I think it's mostly just sexism. <laughs> I think it's basically that girls sound short Maybe. and girls so he heard short. you were a girl and assumed you were well, short. Well, to be girl. fair, you're also fairly tall. You're what 5'9", five, 5'10"? Eleven, actually, five. five 11. Oh my God! See, I was going to say five. I thought you were shorter. Ridiculously tall. It actually uh, depends on what shoes I wear, Dave. Yikes! No, yeah. that doesn't count. No, Your height is how tall you are, shoeless. Shoeless. It's five <laughs> eleven and a half. If uh, yeah. Yeah. See, you're so you're in un- shoes. <laughs> you're unusually tall. So when somebody says, "I thought you'd be shorter," that's just because you're taller than the average woman. Hmm. Well, that's a fine point. I just thought I would ask. I had to ask that because that's been in my mind ever since the guy said that. I thought, wow, what does that mean? Well, did you get a ton of growing up as you became taller and taller? Did you get a ton of the, uh, <laughs> do you play basketball and, you know, like, volleyball? Uh, that sort People of thing? always ask me if I, and, I, and I'm almost non athletic. I mean, I was a runner and I've done a lot of yoga. But I am non-athletic. I, I tried basketball. I didn't make the, the cut to the team. So, yeah, that was exciting in seventh grade. So I decided to never try again um, on basketball. And then um, volleyball. People always ask me if I played volleyball, and I never did that either. I, I, I don't know. I must have had, like, weak upper body strength or something, and I couldn't really spike the ball or serve the ball. So, yeah, no, those were not things I did. I but got I really into basketball when I was a kid, but I couldn't ever find anybody to play with me. 
Aww. That sounds really sad. Now that I say <laughs> this is going to be the sad show. This is going to be the Aww. gloomy show. We weren't good at sports. Nobody to play with. We, if you want to talk about sad and sports, I mean, besides me <laughs> trying to do any, um, we had a basketball hoop that my parents got put in for me. And um, I would go out and shoot. And while I was playing basketball by myself outside on that hoop, I would... Uh, first, I started where I would just narrate the game, which I guess people, you know, some kids do, where you sort of do your own play-by-play. But then I sort of graduated into realizing I didn't care about the commentary of the game. I was just having fun shooting. So instead, I would provide, like, live freestyle rap lyrics about my huge career as a rap star who also enjoyed basketball. God, this sounds so much like you. It was it was, it was, was something. I mean, no one's ever heard those lyrics, but it was something. This is impressive. You should go back and record some of that stuff. You should. <laughs> So, so, but people see tall people and they say, you know, do you play basketball or do you play volleyball? Do they see really fat people like, so are you into sumo wrestling or do they like, I used like, to get football you? a lot. Yeah. Yeah. People assume that I played football. Interesting. It's Which, basically racial profiling happens all the time, but we only get mad at it when it's legal authorities doing it. Pattern matching. I think it's just pattern matching. I don't necessarily blame people. It's kind of a dumb question, but it's not a. <laughs> it's not. It's not super offensive. Sometimes it's not yeah. offensive. It's, it's a it's conversation just starter, though. I think for for many people, right? It's it's something to say. Uh, like, hey, but, how's the weather? Exactly, the weather. <laughs> but I don't. I don't walk up to girls and be like, so hey, peeing sitting down. How's that been going for you? Like, yes, <laughs> we know that there are things that are common based on our physical whatevers. <laughs> yeah, I got to write that down. <laughs> <laughs> give it a try. That's a, My, a great conversation starter. That will go far. That will take new you far. opening line. Yeah, that's that's the one. Give that a shot. Let me know how that goes. I, pr- probably I hate it because the answer was always no. Like, do you play basketball? No. I mean, I shoot a basketball and it goes in, I don't know, about <laughs> half the time and I can't run. <laughs> what do you want from me? Uh, yeah, well, they, when people would ask me if I play football, I never said this, but my, my thinking was like, can you really imagine me playing football? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah. I don't know. For me, volleyball. There are some large people. Hardy. Hardy. I did play, um, we had a homecoming powder puff game, and I played that football game. That that, was exciting. That just sounds It was full. Yeah, it was, you know, we we didn't have, like, flag football. We had, like, the real thing, and it was awesome. That was a great game. See, I don't know what powder puff means in this game. Yeah, I'm I'm not sure I know what powder puff means. Oh, it's where the girls play. We had to borrow uniforms from the guys, and we played, like, full-on football. One game for homecoming. And, um... And the boys were the cheerleaders. And I know now, like, you know, I know that boys can be cheerleaders. I don't mean to make that sort of generalization. <laughs> I, I um, feel like I still am. You are a cheerleader, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it was just kind of a role reversal. Um, you know, they do the Sadie Hawkins dance where the girls – and I wasn't super involved in high school. I don't want to be like, oh, I'm super – but I did play the football game. I did the football game. It was fun. So, the, I mean, I guess this starts us down a, a, a sexism uh, – World yeah, how do we get there? Here, yeah. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> I'm curious, when you, when you hear something like powder puff football, does that does it, it make you happy that there's a sense of inclusion there? Or does the fact that it's called something else feel exclusive to you? Especially something as, as girly as powder puff. Right, right. 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 It's not, I mean, puff. it's like they called it pink football. It, it, and that's basically what it was. I wish we'd had the, watch that. the pink uniforms and stuff. But, you know, it's funny because, it, you know, this is such a topic and I'm you know, I'm pretty involved in, in stuff like WWDC girls and whatnot. And, you know, it's one of those things that I, I have maybe had the good fortune of not feeling um, terribly targeted. And, and maybe it was just, I don't know, my upbringing, but 
like I've never been terribly sensitive, I guess, about those sorts of things. So no, it didn't. I mean, to answer your question, like it didn't really occur to me like, oh, we're girls and you have to call it powder puff. Like it was just a tradition and I grew up in a really, really small town. And I it just didn't think about it that way, I think. It, you know, it just didn't occur to me like, wow, this is really a sexist sort of approach to this, this whole thing. Um, and it was, but I never really thought about it, honestly. So Yeah, I, I guess maybe some of my upbringing plays a part there where I was very often growing up different in one way or another. And I'm not necessarily saying that these things are equal, but my sensibility about how sensitive I'm going to be if something comes up about the ways in which I'm different or the ways in which people in general are different from each other. I just don't, my reaction is that they get upset. I'm more curious and I want to figure these things out. I don't, I don't get angry in that way, at least not so quickly. I mean, there, there's a level at which of course I'm going to get a little pissed off um, when, when rights are being infringed upon, but just conversationally or casually, these things are more, I, I see them as opportunities, not reasons to be pissed off. Yeah. Well, and you know, and I think that there's, a way to approach it. I mean, I could, I suppose, be very, very uptight about it. And, and I'm not opposed to, I know some women have had some very terrible experiences. I have not had a lot of terrible experiences. I've had some experiences that have made me giggle. Like, like I went to speak at a conference, for instance, and um, I was one of like the first three people in the room and it was just a you know single track um, sort of thing. One of the first three people in the room. And, you know, with a lot of tech conferences, it's, it's a room full of white dudes. And um, this was like enterprise software developer kinds of things. I but, only see the content <laughs> of their character. Yeah. So anyway, so I walk in and one guy looks at me and he, he, he says, Oh, the teacher, the teacher conference is down the hall. And it made, oh. me, <laughs> it made me laugh. And I was just like, well, no, I'm actually, I'm in the right place. He's like, you're uh. here for the tech conference? And I said, yeah, I'm speaking at one o'clock. And I just came early to watch the other talks. And he was like, oh, wow, I'm sorry. You know, he apologized. And I think he realized, you know, but it was funny is that's really the only instance I've ever had um, that I've been aware of. And I guess I don't mean to sound like I'm aloof or completely oblivious to some of the topics. I just I guess I've grown up working around guys. I grew up with uh, an ex-Marine father and I don't know, maybe there's a thick skin um, relevancy there. I want to talk about the guy who said this because I'm willing to bet that his uh, let's call it surprise at your presence was not because he was offended by it or didn't think you belonged there. I think it was more of a, he felt like you were out of place because you were above him, not below him is is just my guess. You know, I didn't, I didn't even think of it that way. I I think it was, I think he was genuinely trying to be helpful, thought I walked into (laughs) the wrong room, you know, and is used to the, the, the norm, I guess, with a lot of these conferences is that there are very few women um, if any at all. What what I want clear on though is, what was your reaction? Was were you offended no. or amused or what? Like, how did you respond? How I was your reaction? Smiled. I mean, I remember. I said, "No, I'm in the right place." You know, I mean, just like that. I was like, "Nope, I'm but in the I right mean, place." I, I, I don't mean how did you respond to him, but like, what did you think about it? Like, like, was your reaction, man, guys suck, or just that was funny? <laughs> well, what? you know, I think internally how I processed was like, oh, this is that thing where that I always hear about, <laughs> you know, that I have never really experienced, but I was 
totally aware of it at that moment. And, and you for should the go first write time, an angry really. blog post. Uh, yeah. See, you know, it could have been that like, oh, this guy said that. And it wasn't even something I brought up to the conference organizer. You know, it was just it was such a that thing in passing, I guess. But enough that I remember it. Right. Like that's really been the only instance I've had that made me think, wow, OK, I see. Um, a lot of comments. About, I mean, I think I get more comments about being a designer in that world than I do about being a woman in that world, if that makes sense. So, you know, like, oh, designers, they don't know. We don't need you and, you know, that kind of thing. So, <laughs> and it's always the most successful people who say that. Right, right. <laughs> right. So, you know, I mean, I've definitely taken more shit for being a designer than I've taken shit about being a female in a sort of a male world. I think it's it's interesting that, that this is such a big topic right now. And it's women specifically. There's no conversation, at least that I've seen, about uh, black people in technology or Mexican people in technology or gay right. people in technology. It's very specifically women in technology. Right, right. And it, it is fascinating. I found that fascinating as well. I, I'm constantly aware of the fact that the people who come to me and ask me questions about tech stuff are in my home life are about 90% women. Um, I don't know if that's it's the same thing where it's like men um, don't want to ask for directions, so they don't want to ask for help from the computer <laughs> guy with their computer problems, or if it's something else. But like, I, I don't know what it is. I, I mean, for a long time, the people thought the girls—I mean, stupid people—thought the girls weren't as good at math. And then once you teach everybody the same way and measure everybody <laughs> the same way, you realize no, actually, they're pretty fucking good at math. You idiot. And I don't think that that women are worse at using technology or something else like that either. But I, I, I feel like right now we're still what the the maybe overly strong reaction right now. Do you know? Let's make sure we've got women in attendance. Let's make sure right, we've got women who right. are presenting and that sort of thing. I think that that reaction right now is because. We spent too long the same way that we weren't necessarily giving young girls the kind of education they needed on stuff like math or the right kind of testing on stuff like math. Maybe it's just that, you know, parents 10, even 20 years ago weren't uh, weren't pushing their girls to try computers the way they were their boys. I don't know if that's accurate, but that's that's my no, theory. No, I think that's absolutely right. And I, it's it, this is why it irritates me that there is such a push to get more women at conferences because I think that – uh, having more women as speakers masks a problem right, rather right. than rather than actually addresses it in, in any meaningful way. And I get that the intention is good. It's about uh, setting up more women role models, but it's not like you've got a bunch of little girls coming to these tech conferences. See, I wouldn't want little girls going to the average tech conference. <laughs> so. And I, I, believe me, I agree. Uh, but I, I look at something like App Camp for Girls and I think like that that is a real solution. That is actually addressing the problem where the problem exists, not – you know, 20 years after the problem exists. App Camp for Girls, right. he asks, what's that? Oh, Just in case people don't know. Yeah. Do, we have a, do we have a URL for that? Can we throw that out? I believe App Camp for Girls. Let me double check that because I was just communicating. App Camp, the number four girls.com. <laughs> App Camp, the number four girls.com. Yeah, it's uh, Jim McDonald uh, from yep. Smile. Yep. One of our sponsors. Frequent sponsor, but uh, you know we like App Camp for Girls because it's a good thing. And we like Jean because she's a good person. And right. these things, the fact that all these things line up just makes sense to me. That's but App Camp cool. for Girls, it's, it's, uh, it's about getting a group of girls together and teaching them how to write iPhone apps. Yep. Getting them interested in engineering and, and making software. And that is like the coolest thing in the world. Rather than trying to mask the problem by pretending there are more women in technology than there are, let's, let's go to the root and try to create more women in technology. This sounds great. You know, if you want to know how good the people behind App Camp for Girls are, you can go to appcampthewordforgirls.com and it also works. 
What happens if I spell out the number four? App Camp. No, if you do. Okay, so that one it again. I'm going to get that one. I'm registering App Camp, the number four, spelled out, girls.com. It's a good one. Have you guys ever seen, speaking of what I just tried to describe, have you ever seen um, of the McSweeney's article about the worst email addresses to give out no. verbally? Uh, are you familiar with McSweeney's in general? Yes. I can imagine what that article would look like. <laughs> but um, I, th- I want to include the link in the show notes. It is the fun- <laughs> Were I to try to read any of them, it wouldn't work, which is exactly the point. Uh, but there's one that's Mike underscore 2004 at yahoo.com, except the underscore is spelled out, the word underscore. Oh, and, my uh, It Lord. gets funnier from there. It's wow. wonderful. <laughs> it's pretty much exactly what you would expect it to be then. Yes. What I just want to throw that out. What the fuck was that? <laughs> so now, now you're hearing the noises outside Lex is my hungry. house? Is there like a dinosaur? Are you a Jurassic Park? <laughs> it sounds, sounds like a bulldozer outside your door, Lex. Sounds like a, uh, a T Rex. There was a cement truck two days ago. That is like, I think, the sound of power. I have no idea what it is. I have absolutely no idea. I don't know tools at all. I think that's the grommet. I don't know. I don't, I don't know what a grommet is. <laughs> I I'm don't just either. making up words. Yeah, yeah it's. Oh, I think it's the flabungle. <laughs> that sounds dirty. I just like that when I told Dave that I was getting my deck redone, he thought that that was like the epitome of suburban life. It, it really is. You're getting a deck redone. Yes. It's like, oh, yeah, I'm sitting by my pool while they're redoing my deck in my suburban New Jersey home. Like, no, fuck you. I can't sit fuck by my pool. Fuck you and your pool and your deck and your, your – How many stories is your house? Your Arnold Palmer. Two, two stories plus the basement. So three. Yeah. Yep. There, there, there are three levels. There are three levels yes. to your home. Finish I, basement. Finish basement. See? <laughs> now, if I had, if it had been my house earlier, it would be finished differently because it's finished with a, a sheetrock ceiling. So it looks great. It looks like a real room, you know, in the house instead of the drop ceiling that's more common in basements. Right. But the problem is, I, um, you know, when we bought the house right after those people had made the basement over, um, now I wanted to wire Ethernet through the house and other lines, and I I don't want to poke holes in the ceiling, and there's no drop ceiling access, so it made everything much harder. You don't sheetrock your basement ceilings. You poor thing. But no, I, I'm not hanging out by the pool watching them work on the deck. It's way too socially awkward to watch the sweaty men who know how to build decks while you're sitting in your pool staring at them not knowing how to build a deck. I couldn't possibly. <laughs> it, doesn't that just destroy your sense of masculinity, watching men like work with their hands, and you're just like, I couldn't do that. There's no amount of money you could you could pay me. That- I I pretty much embrace well. it. I've I've said to them and to my wife and to now to you, Dave, and to you, Jamie. I'm excited. Uh, you could give me 50 years, but if you gave me no internet and nobody to ask, I could not build a deck. I have absolutely no idea <laughs> how to build a deck. I don't I even know build, what tools to ask for. I could build a shitty deck. I'm not, That's I don't I know could, that you'd want to put people on it. I know I could build a shitty deck. My craftsmanship would leave a lot to be desired, though. Um, yeah, I was, yeah. Well, you would like, sculpt one out of metal. Yeah, I was a metal worker. I'm, you know, metal sculptor. So, yeah, that's that was my thing. I, mean, I did some woodwork, but again, you know, yeah, not so good. But there so were good cement trucks involved, and and they dug holes six feet deep into the ground. I don't know how to dig all in perfect circles. I don't know how to do that. You know, I perfect used to circles? I used to dig holes, post holes for fences to build fences <laughs> to keep cows inside. You know, um, fields. Like as your job? Yeah, as my job. I was a park ranger. What the was fu- that really? in Las Vegas? Not in Las Vegas, <laughs> outside Las Vegas. But yeah, yeah. There are cows really, outside Las Vegas. There, there are cows in the ranch lands. That's how do they? It's the desert. No, not in the ranch lands, Steve Whiskus. That's no. There are there are there's grass and there's water that 
bubbles up freely from the ground. And uh, yeah, it springs. You're freaking me out. No, this happens about three hours north of Las Vegas. I believe you. I'm just saying it's freaking me out. I'm sorry. Is it a good paying job? You know, as a kid, I was, um, I think I did it for five summers when I was 18. I did it, you know, between my school. Um, but yeah, when I was 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, yeah, I did it every summer for, for about five seasons and, um, it was, it paid well. I mean, it, I didn't have to work during the school year. I did some freelance stuff also during school, but, um, but yeah, was I didn't stuff in the same thing. Like, Oh, no. I'm also going to build saddles for the cows. While I'm here. <laughs> no, no. My freelance stuff was in uh, film and video production. So yeah, that was entirely different. And I would do, um, satellite media tours for uh, events like Comdex and CES and the Detroit Auto Show, stuff like that. So I would work with a a team that did that sort of stuff. That's what I did as freelance. And so between the summer job as a park ranger and the, um, you know, the event things that I would do basically as a production assistant, um, I paid my way through school. No loans, anything like that, and uh, as, as a metal sculptor. So, yeah. now, of, of the two kinds of cow fencing you can do, mm-hmm. yours sounds like the more humane one. Yeah, we didn't do electric <laughs> fences or anything like that. We did use barbed wire. <laughs> no, I, I, I think he meant like sword, sword fencing. Oh, <laughs> oh, I totally missed it, Lex. Yes, we did that, that made it twice as funny to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh... Poor cows. Oh, I do. They yeah. have such a hard time holding those little swords. Yes. <laughs> With their little hooves. How do you find out that you know how to build cow fences? You know, Skewered you, beef. <laughs> kebabs. You, you're, ba- you're basically making raw kebabs. Cow, cow kebabs. Uh, sorry. sorry. I, I'm a meat cow eater. I, I eat cows. <laughs> I didn't... I didn't, you know, get my own cow meat for my burgers or anything. But yeah, that was... Uh, I do eat the cows, so those not cows. those cows. Oh. Well, maybe I don't know. What if I do? I, I might. I might. I might have wrangled a cow and then you know ate him for lunch. Would that make you feel later. bad? Would you Would you feel awful knowing that you ate a cow that you knew? You know, I, there's always that that sort of human side of the animal. Like I don't really want to know. I think as soon as you put a face on it, yeah, suddenly it's sad and it makes me a little regretful. <laughs> so, you know, like with lobsters, you can get a lobster and sometimes they serve it to you and the head's still there and I, I don't Ugh. immediately that's no no, I can't do that. Or the little yeah, shrimps you know. when the little shrimps still have their little legs and you're supposed to take those I uh, can't do that. I can't no. That's no, that's fucked up. Yeah. I was just having a conversation with somebody about uh free range chickens and my position on this is I get that maybe the chicken having a happy life is slightly better, but you're still killing and eating it. Yeah, it's true. Are let's you not let's not like pretend that we're not doing that. Are you guys vegetarian, either of you? No. No. Okay. No, we're yeah. big meat eaters. Yes, me me too. I really, you know, I am. I did vegetarian for one year once. I'm pretty sure we've all eaten meat together. Yeah, I think we have. I, so Lauren, speaking of chickens and cows <laughs> that you've taken care of, not that Lauren is a chicken, but Lauren wants us to get chickens. She wants us to have chickens. To have not chickens. Not birth them, but she wants us to, to, to have chickens that are laying eggs in our backyard. She wants a chicken coop. Ooh. And... Um, it's too bad you don't celebrate Easter. That'd be perfect. At some point, the chickens stop laying eggs, and then you are faced with a choice. To get rid of, of the chicken. keep them as a pet, uh, give it to somebody else who's probably going to kill it, or you know, you can have somebody butcher it for you if you can find a butcher who takes live chickens. 
And I, uh, to me, all of those options sound horrible. They I definitely sound... don't want to take care of a chicken that's not doing anything for me. I don't want to give somebody else to kill and eat. And I don't want somebody to kill a chicken. I can't imagine yeah, I want somebody no. to kill a chicken that I've I think you know, if, plucked if you're gonna do abortions this, from to eat. You have to, if you're going to father a chicken, it has to be about <laughs> wanting the, the chicken as a pet first. And the, the egg is just a happy byproduct. It just happens to, yeah, you know. Yeah, exactly. And you, you, here's the kicker. Here's how you know it's a shitty thing to do. You would not take your dog. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> It's like, well, you're not doing anything for me anymore. Take you Wouldn't down that to... be something, though? Uh, if American culture was like, when you put your dog down, then you eat it. Oh <laughs> Wouldn't that gosh, be something? That would be, no, not something. Not something that, at all. That's like, a, uh, that's like a, a bullshit hippie celebrating the life of not wasting any part of kind right. of a thing to do. Oh, my God. No, I'm not going to eat my dog. Nope, me either. Nope. Or my cat. I'm not saying it's wrong to eat dog. There, there's cultural sensitivity I want to be aware of, but like but, I'm not going to uh, eat my dog. Right. I'm just saying, back in the day, I think it was with Damien Kulash, maybe, Dave, you mentioned this idea of, you know, let's give homeless people uh, square readers. And then <laughs> at WWDC, you're like, let's give homeless people our WWDC jackets. Why I, can't I think we that's give a great homeless idea. People, why can't we give homeless people the euthanized pets and some pots? <laughs> because I wouldn't, like, I, I love my dog, and I don't want her to be eaten by a homeless guy. <laughs> understand that and i i basically agree with the premise i don't want my dog to be eaten by anybody i know but i'm just saying like i'd rather if the choice was nobody eats your homeless dog your your homeless dog (laughs) nobody eats your dead dog or a homeless person dies i would rather the homeless person live and eat your dog my dog dog. you know what let's 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 hold off on the dog eating for just a second so we can do the sponsor (laughs) thing yeah we gotta put the put the dog eating best lead in ever Dave, two new and awesome sponsors today. Are you excited? I, you have no idea how excited I am. If you could see my nipples right now. <laughs> I, uh, I can in my mind's eye. And speaking of nipples and other parts <laughs> of the body, uh, our first sponsor is 23andMe. So, oh, okay. Well, that, that makes more sense than where I thought you were going. I want you to go to 23andMe.com slash unprofessional. 23andMe gives you the tools to better understand how your genes may impact your health. So that helps you and your doctor figure out what health areas to keep an eye on. Is that uh, genes with a G or a J? Genes with a G. So uh, Lauren and I both did this. You, you buy the tube, you spit into it, you send back your saliva. And then a couple of weeks later, like, here's a bunch of information about your DNA. And here's a bunch of information about your genetic, about your genetic ancestry. And so you get, you get over 240 personalized health trait and ancestry reports. Uh, so they, they call the 23andMe DNA kit an important tool to help you understand your genetics. Uh, I found out that I, this is true, I am uh, related to Katie Couric, if you go back enough generations. And uh, I'm like 2.5% Neanderthal DNA, where my wife is 2.8% Neanderthal DNA. So the next time she calls me a caveman, guess what? Uh, There's over a quarter million people signed up on 23andMe. I have literally actually already found a relative. Somebody wrote to me through the site, and we found where our common relative was. And we have like a great, 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 great grandparent in common. Uh, So that's the part I wouldn't want to use. Yeah, I understand. I don't want to talk to those people. You order a kit online. You spit into the tube. You send it back. And they provide the return postage and they give you the box to send and everything. Once they're done, you log in to a secure online account. They have an iPhone app as well. You get famous ancestors, how closely related you are to Neanderthals, why you may not like cilantro, how fast you metabolize coffee. Uh, it was Time Magazine's invention of the year in 2008 when the price was still $300. Since then, they've been able to drop the price to $99. Uh, so now the invention of the year is accessible for everyone. So get the 23andMe DNA kit. Make sure you get it using our URL so they know that we sent you 
com slash unprofessional. So all you have to give them is 100 bucks and some of your spit. Yeah, and I got to tell you, I now know that I have a slightly elevated risk for certain things, and um, I'm going to, I already have an appointment with my doctor to discuss them. That's all I'm saying. You should, uh, maybe you should do some more walking. Yeah, I'm thinking about it. Be good for you. Our other sponsor this week, a new sponsor this week, is MoneyWiz. MoneyWiz is a premium experience personal finance app for iPhone and iPad and Mac. It's unique for stunning design, five-star user experience and customer support, rich functionality, fully automatic cloud sync. It's a personal finance app for your Mac, iPhone, iPad with automatic sync. And so, you know, um, when you go to their site, silverwiz.com, you don't even have to put in a slash unprofessional that time. But when you go to silverwiz.com. Maybe you should put in like a, a slash question mark unprofessional <laughs> just so they'll see us in the logs or something. And remember, it's silver like the precious metal than Wiz, W-I-Z. But when you go there, they give you a, a giant video that shows you the app on the Mac and on iOS devices. Uh, they sync magically. It's, it's like iCloud except it works. And um, I, was, I was listening to... Uh, there's some other podcast, some John Gruber. I don't know if you know that guy. He was talking about how the app has both uh, like an advanced mode and a beautiful mode. So you can switch between these two different modes. So if you want to see like the true spreadsheet style thing, you can go do that. But if you just want the lovelier interface, you can go that route instead. And it's pretty hip. It's pretty it, hip. It sounds, it sounds hip. You can, you know, I, uh, I, I installed it. You can import your bank statements from a bajillion different file formats that banking, you know, nerds love and stuff. It's, uh, it's pretty cool. It's got a pretty, uh, pretty good looking website too. Yeah. The website's nice. And when you look at the app design, it's nice. The icon is even nice. Even, even the icon is nice. So money whiz at silverwiz.com. Now this is worth mentioning. It's not in our, our list here, but, uh, on the website, uh, they've got a, a ton of international support. Got yeah. These, these, uh, very, uh, attractive looking sort of like rustic style flags indicating which countries the <laughs> languages and, and uh, currencies they support. It's actually, I, this might be my favorite part of the, the website. Oh yeah. The, the flags at the bottom of the page are definitely worth checking out. And Sorry, I'm kind of nerding out on this, but no, uh, see, yeah. well, here's what's cool is I like that you commented on that because I met the, uh, the guys behind Silverwiz or the guy and girl behind Silverwiz when I was at WWDC, they were there and they said, Hey, can we meet up? And so we, we hung out and spoke and they're, they're kind of, they're nomads right now. They're world travelers. Really? Uh, yeah. They, so, you know, they were in San Francisco, then they were in New York. They're from various European countries whose names I forget. And they, but they just go, <laughs> they go all over the place and they, uh, they don't put down roots cool. for too long. Yeah. They're hip. They've got their laptops. They've got their MacBook airs. That's all they need. That's, that's really all you need. You can, it, it turns out you can design software, uh, in other countries. Actually, MacBook Air. I'll, I'll tell you what, that's not all you need. You don't just need your MacBook Air. You also need MoneyWiz, personal finance for the Mac, iPhone, and iPad. Well, I mean, Silver if you're doing Wiz. that much traveling, you gotta, you gotta manage that money somehow. And you want to make sure that, uh, you know everything there is to know about your DNA while you're doing it. Cause hey, if you're going to go to, you know, Zimbabwe, you should find out if you have any relatives there. So go to 23andMe.com slash unprofessional. Yeah, if you're stuck in one of those backwards countries with like free healthcare and stuff, you better know this stuff going in. Yeah, you want to know your DNA, that's for sure. Right, you want to know what you're at risk for. By the way, day, DNA, short for deoxyribosnucleic acid. Just thought I'd mention that. Uh, I, I, people are writing that down right now. <laughs> Anything else we want to mention before we get back to Jamie? I love you. I love you too. That's really sweet. They, they have those services where you can get your, your animal cloned, right? Is that right. real? Is that real? You yeah. can do that, right? I think you can pay enough to get your pet cloned at this point. Yeah. It, in, in a world where I can clone my pet, I'm certainly not going to give my pet to a homeless shelter or to a homeless person to prepare as a meal. 
myfriendagain.com. Holy. Myfriendagain.com. Wow. Yeah, nope, I can't even, no, nope. No, because it wouldn't it wouldn't be the same animal. I wouldn't have the same dog. I just want to point out the bright red underlined message on that website. If your pet has just died, please click here now before it's too late. <laughs> Don't waste any time. <laughs> Hurry! It's, it's like we need the carcass. <laughs> Don't it's like send when it you to us. Chop off a finger. <laughs> Do you have any idea how many people that could feed? Put it on ice immediately. <laughs> Is it a golden retriever? Hospital. Oh, my God. Do not place your dog in the freezer. If you do, there will be zero chance of cloning your dog. You must wrap your dog's entire body with wet bathing towels, not beach towels, you motherfuckers, and place it in the refrigerator. Refrigerator spelled wrong. And not that cheap shit. Get, like, some Ralph Lauren towels. Right. Do this first and then call us right away. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's wow. That's creepy. And refrigerator spelled wrong. So it's a trustworthy right. place. But but they're just cloning the dog. They're not making a cyborg. <laughs> oh they just need some tissues, right? I just want to read some of the navigation options to you, too. You would think some you education goes okay. into it. Uh. But the, the, some of the tabs include, my dog has died. My dog is still alive. <laughs> step by step. Photo gallery, which I'm definitely not clicking on. And my favorite tab, maybe of all, you are in grief. <laughs> <laughs> like these things are all mutually exclusive. <laughs> Oh. My dog is still alive. Well, no thank you. Yeah. Jamie, you've got cats, right? Rocky I, I do. and Adrian. Rocky and Adrian, yes. Uh, well remembered. I haven't um, seen that movie. Would you... Uh, <laughs> no. Would you clone your animal? <laughs> Just no. Not no. even let me finish. No. not. I mean, do you like your animals? I love my animals. I do. <laughs> don't I, you care about your cats, Jamie? You know what? I just... You know, here's the thing. And then maybe this is a little backwards, too. I'm going to reveal way too much about my, my own psyche, I guess. Um, I, I almost would do it just to see what, what that comparison <laughs> is like, right? Like... Like, is it real? Is, could this possibly could be comparable to the real Rocky or Adrian? Well, Would, no, because you'd have to raise it in the same circumstance. It would be like your spouse dies, so you have them cloned and raise them from a baby. Okay, well, probably not exactly like that. But you get my point where it's it's not the same personality. I mean, a lot of this stuff is, is nurture versus nature. Right, right. And, and that's where I... But there are personality traits, right? I mean, I think that we're all... Like, some of those are innate in us. I, I do realize environmental circumstances impact us but um you know i mean but like you're saying I, you know if you clone me you're still going to end up with a really suave and handsome individual <laughs> even if the personality is there's exactly there's the zero doubt about that's that that's exactly but what, I'm, what i'm saying even was. even if it does seem like the same dog i wouldn't like i think that part of me would kind of resent teaching pixel not to shit on the floor again <laughs> i can't believe like, i've already done do this, this once. again <laughs> that's why you get a yeah, cat I, you know the cats just know where to go and it's super easy. I never thought I would have cats. I, would, I, I did grow up with cats and dogs and peacocks and horses and rabbits and all of these things. But, um, and cows. And I didn't peacocks. have cows. Our family didn't have cows. The cows came later in, in terms of work. But um, <laughs> What's your beef with cows? <laughs> Lex <laughs> joke. Oh, Lex. No beef with the cows, Lex. Also, in Korea, is that where this is? No, it's in the United Kingdom. In the United Kingdom, this guy charges... <laughs> you confuse those two things. Uh, well, he's a Korean scientist, but he lives in the United Kingdom. That's racist. Um, but yes, he... Well, um, his name is Huang Wu Suk. But he will... Are you serious? Uh, yes. He will clone your dog. This was as of 2013. Oh, March 2013, so recent. He will clone your dog for $100,000. What pisses me off, though, is that this article says... For the, some might say, barking sum of $100,000. <laughs> Who the hell would say that? That's not a word Nobody, Nobody way. would say that. Nobody wow. would say that. Also, nobody's going to pay Dr. Suck $100,000 to clone their dog. <laughs> Woo, suck. Wow. 
Yeah. Just wow. I mean, that's crazy. That's not a barking sum. A barking uh, for the. How about for the doggone crazy sum of it? Like, if you want a dog pun, there are a million there for the taking. You don't have to say barking. I'm, I'm now. I'm angry. <laughs> Maybe it's a Britishism. I guess we're gonna get angry emails from people who uh, use that oh. expression all the time. Barking is a suburban area of East London, England. So maybe it's a really rich place. I don't know. I don't oh, know. maybe yeah, maybe maybe, maybe it's like a the, colloquialism, right? For the New Jersey, <coughs> some. excuse me. For the Manalapan, some. Was that your cat or you? That was me. Did I sound like a coughing cat? <laughs> for the meowing guest, Jamie Newberry. <laughs> I, I, I don't know how to process that, Lex. I sound like a coughing cat. You don't sound. You sound like a short coughing. Yeah, cat. you don't sound tall, but you do sound like a coughing cat. That's awesome. That's one. That's a, that's a memory. <laughs> You're less feline than I expected. <laughs> <laughs> now, do you feel like you know cats get a bad rap? I I I hate cats mostly because I'm very allergic to them, so I can't really give them a fair shot. I can't yeah. be in the same room as a cat. Yeah. But do you feel like the the cat reputation of you know they don't really give a shit about you and they just sort of exist on their own plane and despise their human companions? Do you, do you think that's ill earned or legitimate? You know, um, I don't. I think it just depends on the cat. It's like a personality because both of my cats are very affectionate, but they have totally different personalities. Um, Adrian's more like a little puppy. He plays fetch and he's very, very curious and he, uh, yeah, I don't know. And then Rocky, Rocky's kind of, uh, he's a little lazy. I guess that's probably cat stereotype, but he likes to lay around and Adrian's a boy. Adrian. Oh, so there's the story. Let me tell you that. So yes, Adrian is a boy, which, to my surprise, um, <laughs> so I just want to point out I did not know that Adrian in the Rocky movie was not a boy. So well, this is also so, enlightening to me. Yeah, it was shock of all shocks, the movie you haven't seen. You ha- you haven't seen Rocky? Uh, not yet, but it's on the list. Lex, I'm disappointed. Well, let me tell my story, and then I'll get back to disappointment. Um, <laughs> so I got Rocky. Um, in July, two years ago. So he's actually tomorrow's his birthday. So I got Rocky a couple years ago. One of my dad's cats had kittens, took the cat, got Rocky. And then about six months later, um, a friend of ours said, Hey, our cat has kittens too. Do you want another one? And we decided to take another cat. And so we went to pick up this cat and they said, it's a girl. And I was like, Oh, awesome. We'll have Rocky and Adrian. Um, you know, and I think if I'd known it was a boy, not that I'm opposed to, um, same sex relationships in any way, I I just (laughs) like, you know, if I had known it was a boy upon taking him, he would have been Apollo, you know, Rocky's pal. See, that's racist. Not in Rocky one, but they became friends. Well, wait, why is that racist? I don't know. Okay. All right. Well, you. Anyway, um, so, <laughs> so, <laughs> so anyway, so, you know, I'm hanging out, working from home. And uh, one day I noticed Adrian's cleaning himself and I say, whoa, oh. you're a boy. And uh, I guess we'll just keep your name as Adrian. <laughs> and Adrian's like, I'm all man. Yeah, <laughs> he was he was very obviously a boy at that moment. It's like the and, crying you know, game with cats. It is. It's like, I just never thought to check, right? Like, I didn't need to verify he's got long fur. I didn't notice. It just was one of those things. Like, they said it was a girl. I didn't even question it, right? And um, I didn't take him to the vet until about six months later anyway for shots and stuff because I have indoor cats. They don't get out. So, you know, it's not a big, I'm not a big 
germaphobe that way. They've been to the vets and they're all in their shots and stuff. But, you know, I just didn't think to check that information, that, that crucial piece of information. I feel bad for Adrian. Can you imagine? Like, what does that do to your manhood? What, when I put him in dresses and stuff? <laughs> well, no, I, well, the, the, <laughs> no. The lack of noticeable testicles is what I was referring to. Oh, uh, you know, it's just... You put, it's, do you really put them in dresses? Because that's awesome. Yeah, I do, Dave. <laughs> Still? <laughs> I don't, but um, my my kids have tried that before. It doesn't work out too well, though. <laughs> Kitties don't really like that. I dress my dog up sometimes. Yeah, you know, they have dog sweaters and stuff. I did well, little sweaters, but also like for Halloween. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, she was she was a ghost a couple years ago. Oh, I like that. Dead pixel. Dead pixel. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I like that low laugh from Lex. <laughs> I approved of that joke. I liked it. <laughs> Menacing. Well, see, what, really, I'm just. It was. It was enjoying your joke and making sure I did not make any cat and dog puns and just letting them all go. I'm uh, still angry about the barking thing from that British newspaper. Let it go. Well, we're, I was thinking about positivity. That was all. Positivity. <laughs> Do you think I'm kidding? Oh, <laughs> uh, these are great. These are great. This Dave's is, not feeling it. Uh, okay, I'm done now. <laughs> Well, we, we did touch upon some disappointment, um, Lex. I don't even remember what it was about, but we were disappointed. <laughs> I haven't seen Rocky. Oh, you haven't seen Rocky. That's right. I, I forgot. I haven't seen many movies. It is a character flaw. Yeah. I'm, I'm working on it. Yeah. Are I you? I have now seen, in the past three weeks, I have seen Beverly Hills Cop and Die Hard, both of which were new to me. So oh, what did you think? Those are both excellent movies. I thought Beverly Hills Cop is overrated. I don't think it aged well. Mm. But Die Hard, I think, does hold the, withhold, you know, withstand the test of time. So you've seen modern movies, and now you're going back. Yeah, that's... Is, is it as if you're watching movies like the rest of us, except special effects are just getting worse? <laughs> that's got to be it. That's I Because mean, Beverly Hills Cop's a good movie for its time. It was funny. In really, its the day. only thing that, that is weak in Beverly Hills Cop, in ter- I'm sorry, in, in terms of Die Hard, in terms of its effects, is the... Uh, the well spoiler alert <laughs> um, <laughs> but the the alan rickman death scene when he's uh when he's falling you know part of what makes that scene so ridiculous is how crappy the effect is and how clearly <laughs> fake it is um but i mean the, the the regular just blowing up stuff hasn't improved much i think we just continue to blow things up in fact maybe it even looked realer because they were really blowing stuff up instead of cgiing it yeah. have you seen um independence day yes have you seen it recently <laughs> not recently no it looks awful it looks like it was made in the 70s for 80 dollars. <laughs> i feel the same way about the original jurassic park i haven't ever seen the other ones yeah I, don't think. I only saw the first one but the dinosaurs do not seem to to hold up oh you're right because at the time it was like wow oh my god these dinosaurs look so real now you rewatch it and it's like a guy with a sock puppet going rawr <laughs> <laughs> and it's like they only show the leg of that dinosaur <laughs> and that one looks like a freaking cartoon like it's it, it you, you thought they were really dinosaurs there i mean you knew intellectually they weren't but it absolutely looked that way and so then it makes you wonder did people think that godzilla looked realistic back in the day when it was like, <laughs> stop motion well like jaws too did did you guys you know jaws right and like i remember when i was i think i was like 15 or 16 like that movie really scared me when i was younger and then i went to universal studios and i saw jaws on the ride you know there's the little tour in the ride and and he leaps out of the water and he's Mm -hmm. he's so tiny and i was so disappointed he was like a little guppy and and now jaws can never that shark's be, not scary i enough. can't take jaws seriously anymore and now when i say i'm like oh there he's on his little track you know there's that one shot 
But yeah. I just want to make sure that Jaws was tuna safe. <laughs> I think so. I think so. And if your shark dies, you can always get it cloned. That's right. <laughs> you just have to wrap them in towels immediately and put them on ice. So good luck with it's that. It's also a fine cocktail, by the way. 